preparation for the sermon this morning on Psalm 13, we will first turn to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 52, and we'll begin at verse 13, and we'll read through to the end of chapter 53. You can find this on page 652. Isaiah chapter 52, beginning at verse 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told them, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul 
unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Let us now turn to our sermon text, Psalm 13. You can find this on page 486. Psalm 13, beginning at verse 1. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Psalm 13 is a personal prayer and song. There are are a number of I's and me's throughout the psalm. David, the man behind the I's and me's, is experiencing deep sorrow and pain in his heart. But his faith in God remains. His faith is what brings him before the Lord in prayer. The psalm reveals how David emotionally expresses his sorrow before the Lord. Here we have David, the the king of Israel, laying it all out before the Lord. And in David's prayer, we we notice a miraculous change in his heart from the beginning of the prayer to the end. His emotions transform from, from deep sorrow to great joy, only by the grace of God. And those who, who share the same faith as David, this is also our prayer. Those eyes and me's are our eyes and me's. The sorrow expressed in Psalm 13 and the joyful song is, is our song. The, the sorrow and the song are our sorrow and song. 
And this morning I preach to you Psalm 13 under, under this theme and points. Our theme, a believer's heart is brought from sorrow to song before the Lord. And we'll look at three points. First, a heartfelt despair before the Lord. Second, a heartfelt plea before the Lord. And thirdly, a heartfelt joy before the Lord. Our first point then, a heartfelt despair before the Lord. When we look at Psalm 13, we read, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? How long? Four times David, in despair, cries out to God using these two words. How long? Each use increases the intensity of his prayer. David is lamenting. He is deeply mourning his current situation. And we are not specifically told what his situation is, but he is in great distress. And in his moment of great distress, he turns to the Lord. And this is not the first psalm where we see David turning to the Lord in his time of need. Psalms 3 through 7 and and also Psalm 10 all have similar language to this psalm. He prays about his foes rising against him in in Psalm 3. He asks the Lord to, to hear him when he calls out in Psalm 4. He asks the Lord to to consider his groaning in Psalm 5. David pleads with the Lord to deliver his life for the sake of his mercy in Psalm 6. In Psalm 6, verse 3, David also remarks, My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? And he asks the Lord in Psalm 10, Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In Psalm 13, David brings much of his previous prayers into this prayer. And this too reveals the the seriousness of David's situation. He is on the brink of death and brings everything together before the Lord. And how common is this for us, brothers and sisters? When we have overwhelming situations that occur in our life, and we are utterly drained of all mental and physical strength, how often do we find ourselves repeating familiar needs and familiar words in prayer? Sometimes our prayers become so incoherent that we wonder if the Lord will even recognize them as a prayer. During those moments, we can, be com- we can be comforted by what the Spirit reveals in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 27. 
There he tells us that, that he helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but he himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in his mind because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit helps us before the Father in our time of despair. As the sorrow from our hearts come out in groans, the Spirit intercedes with groans too deep for words. And David is also helped by the Spirit who directs his prayers before the Lord. For he is a man of faith. And why is David lamenting before the Lord? Because he feels abandoned and isolated. Not from other humans, fellow believers, which would be crushing in itself, but from the Lord himself. Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? David senses that the Lord has abandoned him. He still believes in the Lord, but he is not experiencing the blessing of the Lord, where the Lord would turn his face towards him. The same blessing that we receive as his covenant children at the end of every church service. Those words we hear, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. David is not experiencing peace from the Lord. And because of his sense of isolation from the Lord, David has been taken captive by his own thoughts, his own soul. He is shaken. His thoughts are consumed by his situation. And he is experiencing intense inner turmoil. His troubled mind is causing deep sorrow in his heart. All day and night, continuous and relentless. And because of his great sense of isolation from the Lord, David despairs in the thought that his enemies are exalted over him. And whether these are, are physical enemies or spiritual enemies, we do not know. Whatever the case may be, David's enemies are, are real and present. They are present, and the Lord, he senses, is not. And every passing day, the despair becomes more and more intense. How long, O oh Lord? There may be seasons in our life where we also think that the Lord has abandoned us. Not that the Lord doesn't exist, 
but that he is not actively present in our life. Those times when we have prolonged struggles, whether with depression, anxiety, perhaps a life-altering physical ailments, cancer, back or knee issues, memory loss, we can think of many more, family tension, or some other overwhelming struggle. And we, throughout the struggle, have prayed over and over again for relief, only to not notice any difference. Where is the Lord, we may wonder? Where is he in my time of sorrow? Has he forgotten me? Such isolation may bring intense grief, pain, and despair in our hearts, as David is experiencing. Such isolation welcomes the the consuming thoughts in our souls, the taunts from our enemies. And as our enemies encircle us, we become overwhelmed and desperate. We need deliverance. Deliverance from ourselves and deliverance from our enemies. It is precisely during those moments that we need to to look outside of ourselves We need to bring our despair before the Lord. Even after repeated prayers where the Lord seems to lend a deaf ear, David does not cease to pray. Is this us, brothers and sisters? In our days of despair, do we lament before the Lord continually? Are we able to lay our soul bare before his throne of grace day in and day out? Will we with deep mourning and grief speak the words, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Will we lament before the one who has called us into a covenant relationship with him. During the seasons of despair and sensed isolation, we must. He has promised never to forsake us, his covenant people. The Spirit assures us in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, Do not fear or be in dread of them, them being the enemy. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And the prophet Isaiah prophesied similar words of comfort in chapter 49. There Zion says, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. To which the Lord responds, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? 
Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Whereas the bond between a mother and a child is naturally strong, yet sadly not perfect because of sin, the covenant bond between our holy and perfect God and his children is forever. We are remembered forever because we are forever engraved on the palms of his hands. And we can be even more certain than David that God will never forget us. David prayed in anticipation of the coming Messiah. We pray in the knowledge of the fulfillment of God's covenant love expressed through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. We may lament, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Jesus on the cross cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? While David and us only sense abandonment from God, Jesus was truly abandoned and forsaken by God. Forsaken as punishment for our sins. Truly forsaken. So that by faith we would never be forgotten nor abandoned by God. All of our laments, all of our cries of, O Lord my God, have you forgotten me? are taken up by Jesus Christ, who can sympathize with our feelings of abandonment before the Father. He can sympathize because of his own experience. When we pray in our sufferings, Jesus Christ listens and suffers alongside us. For he knows our sorrow and carried our sorrow. Yet his experience was without sin. And sin is the difference between us and Christ. Whereas Christ could resist all temptation, we are prone to fall into temptation. During seasons when when we think we are isolated, we may be tempted to stop praying. After all, we may think, he is not listening anyways. And this is something that is all too easy for us to do. Battle this temptation, brothers and sisters. For it is in prayer that God changes our hearts. And in our second point, we will notice a change in our brother David's heart as he pleads before the Lord. Our second point then, a heartfelt plea before the Lord. In times of great sorrow, the Spirit, through the, through the gift of faith, brings us before the Lord 
in prayer. And with our, our hearts filled with sorrow, we plead for him to notice us. And this is exactly what David does. He pleads before the Lord. He urges the Lord, consider and hear me. And earlier in his prayer, he despairs because he senses that the Lord has hidden his face from him. And now he cries out to the Lord, consider me or or look at me. Pay attention to me. I am in despair. Remember me. Hear me. And as a covenant child, David cries out to him by his covenant name, O Lord, my God, to say, remember me as your covenant child. Remember your covenant's faithfulness. And David goes on to say, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. Enlighten my eyes. When there is great despair, mental and physical anguish, it shows in our eyes. Our eyes become dim and sunken. And we are unable to hide our anguish. And David, in in Psalm 38, there he also prays, My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. There is a, a close connection between anguish in the heart and the strength of our body. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, the Spirit tells us that Jonathan... David's close friend, when at war with Israel's enemies, took some, some honey and he, and he ate it. And when he ate it, his eyes became bright. The honey gave Jonathan renewed strength. And in this psalm, David is on the verge of death. He is depleted of all strength. He does not want his enemies to be able to say, I have prevailed over him, or to to rejoice because he is moved. He turns to the Lord for strength, for renewal. He turns to the very Lord who he feels abandoned, who he feels has abandoned him. He pleads with the Lord to deliver him from his situation. He is praying. For his life. And David, as described in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, is a man after God's own heart who would do all of God's will. David, in faith, is pleading before the Lord. And this is how faith works. The Holy Spirit bends our will so that we would turn to the only one who can deliver us, our Creator. This is the Lord's will for the believer. The Lord calls us to to humbly submit ourselves before Him. 
and rely on him alone. And with his, with his will bent, David pleads before the Lord. And he does so with boldness and confidence. The three verbs that we see here. Consider, hear, enlighten. These are, these are all urgent requests. These are urgent pleas made by a covenant child to his sovereign Lord. David's confidence rests on the covenant promises given to him by the Lord. Does this not sound like true faith? As our catechism states in Lord's Day 7, true faith is a sure knowledge whereby I accept as true all that God has revealed to us in his word. And at the same time, it is a a firm confidence. God revealed his promises to David, and David believed them to be true by God's grace. And we are beginning to see a shift in David's heart. Where in the first couple of verses, David is sensing abandonment. And now, now we notice David urging the Lord to act. There is trust in David's words. And we read on in, in verse 5, that his trust is rooted in the Lord's steadfast love. In his mercy. Here also, we, we see a startling transition But I, what was once how long, is now but I. What was once a a voice of despair is now a voice of trust. David trusted that because of his mercy, the Lord would deliver his life and save him from his deep despair. His heart trusted in the Lord's salvation. His confidence rested in the future work of Jesus Christ. In the promise of the coming Messiah. Our confidence, on the other hand, is in the past work of Christ. For he has come. We go before the Lord on the basis of Christ's fulfillment of his covenant promises. The covenant promises that we received at baptism. Where God the Father promised to provide us with all good and avert all evil or turn it to our benefit. And in faith, we hold God to his promise as David did. We plead before the Lord with with boldness based on the death and resurrection of His Son, our Savior. And our pleas are heard by Jesus Christ Himself. As the author of Hebrews says in chapter 4, Since we have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, who is able to sympathize with us, Let us then, and we read this in in verse 16 of that chapter, let us then with confidence draw near 
to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. We can trust that Jesus hears our pleas and that we will receive mercy and grace during our times of sorrow. We don't receive mercy on the basis of our obedience or our worthiness. We don't receive deliverance on the basis of how well we pray or how long we pray, but only through whom we pray. Through the name of Jesus Christ, who is most excellent and worthy. And what a comfort this is for us. Because it is during our our deepest struggles that we often don't feel worthy at all. We often think that it is because of our unworthiness and filthiness that the Lord has distanced himself in the first place. Yet we may plead as those who are worthy and cleansed through Jesus Christ, whose righteousness is ours by faith. It is through him alone that God demonstrated that his love is steadfast. And David trusted in the Lord's steadfast love, his mercy. And the Lord graciously renews and delivers him from his sorrow. Where there was once deep grief and despair, there is now joy in his heart. And this brings us to our final point. A heartfelt joy before the Lord. We notice that there is no indication in the psalm that David's situation has changed. As he prays, the world around him continues on. His enemies are are still present. And we are not told that he has received food or drink to strengthen his body. Death is still near. Everything that was happening in David's life at the beginning of the prayer, the beginning of the psalm, is still happening at the end of his prayer. But David's heart has changed by God's grace. David's prayer began with an intense cry of despair from a heart of sorrow to a confident, urgent plea. And now, by the end, David prays with certainty. My heart shall rejoice. It shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And how can David make such a a declaration of faith with such confidence and trust. Because as Ephesians chapter 1 verse 8 mentions is the case with believers, the eyes of his heart have been enlightened. David has received the, the, the spirit of wisdom and knowledge of the coming Messiah. David rejoices in the salvation of the Lord. He rejoices in the coming Messiah in whom he finds hope and comfort. 
And isn't he, Jesus, also our only comfort in life and in death? As we confess in Lord's Day 1, I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. During the darkest moments in our life, our physical circumstances often do not change from when we begin prayer to when we end our prayers. But what does change is the well-being of our hearts because of the work of our Savior. He comforts us and he cares for us. And with a changed heart, we rejoice. I have trust and hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the founder of our faith. God incarnate, who humbled himself upon the cross, who has pierced, who was pierced for our transgressions and was crushed for our iniquities. He paid the price to redeem us from our sins and saved us from God's wrath. Who, as the author of Hebrews writes, who for the joy that was set before him endured brutal, hellish isolation on the cross, despising the shame. Jesus Christ, through whom we are adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Jesus Christ, our triumphant King, who prevailed over death so that we need not fear death. That death that David feared initially. But instead, we look forward with anticipation to eternal life. In Jesus, we rejoice. He is our sure salvation. During our most intense periods in life, when the world seems to be collapsing around us, it is He who hears our, our cries for help. It is He who supplies us with His Word and Spirit, a means by which He, he, a means by which he, he rescues and guides us through the turmoil leading us to a heart of song and praise. He was truly forsaken, and he will never leave or forsake us. Brothers and sisters, with our our eyes lit up and resting on him, we cry out, the Lord has indeed dealt bountifully with me. He brings our hearts from sorrow to song. He calms the the intense storms and grants us peace. To him be all glory and honor. Amen. Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the the covenant relationship that you have made with us. That we may know that we are your children by grace alone. 
Father, you are all-knowing. And you know each of our struggles and sorrows. We ask that you remain faithful to your covenant promises. Those covenant promises that you made with us at our baptism. When we were baptized in your name. You have promised to provide us with all good and avert all evil or turn it to our benefit. And so we pray that during our our time of need that you provide your Holy Spirit so that we may be comforted by him and your word. When sorrow is in our hearts and our enemies are present, we ask that you guide us through the storm. And provide us with peace. Lead our hearts to confess before you. I have trusted in your mercy. In your steadfast love. We ask that you open our eyes. That we may see clearly your wondrous works of grace in our life. That we may see your salvation. The gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And rejoice in him and not withhold our songs of praise. For in him, Father, you have dealt bountifully with us. Father, we ask that you be with us as we continue on in worship this morning. And we pray this all in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.